The Sea Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the CE Podcast with me, your host, Scott McManamy. And with me, as always, this time over Zoom, is the latest recruit of ISIS, is Henry Capper. Henry, how's it going? Yeah, it's it's going well. It's going well. Uh, thanks for revealing my my new pastime. Uh, <laughs> so I suppose it's not a secret anymore that I've left the fields of Christianity and... <laughs> Join the greater good. So, apart from uh, yeah, apart from ISIS, have you got any uh, new hobbies over lockdown? Or yeah, I had all these like wonderful plans and hopes and aspirations. I'm currently mm-hmm. quite literally staring at a piano, and I feel like if that piano had eyes, it would stare directly into my soul because I would love to do something musical, not per se a piano, but something. Yeah, I had thought about doing something along those lines. But to be honest, Scott, I've done nothing. No no new hobbies. I've been active. I've just done the stuff I normally do, but increased that. So no, no new hobbies. Fair play. I was gonna I was gonna make up a lie that, you know, I'd learned how to, you know, do a handstand or like juggle or something, but that would be pathetic. <laughs> what about you? Any new I've interests? Been, I've been playing a lot of music, playing a lot of guitar, uh, recording some music as well. Like it's never ever gonna enter anybody's ears other than mine but uh, uh it's been a lot of good fun and I'm, I'm very very grateful to have my keyboard and guitar here otherwise um it probably would have gone mad um have you been listening to any good music at the minute any good tunes people want to know god i only listen to good music is that right no that's not right yeah, at you all listen to 1975 and they were abysmal Scott McEnany. I, I can totally understand why you would hate the 1975. There's moments where I really despise them, as I've made um, publicly clear on a number of occasions. But side note, they have a new album coming out on Friday. Just throw that out there. Uh, yeah, I suppose for me, uh, I've actually been trying. One of the things that I've really tried to do, and this is sort of like, you know, a lot of people just roll their eyes once they hear this, is I got into a really bad habit of, like, listening to playlists and the specific songs. And, like, really over the last, really before lockdown, I've tried to just just listen to albums mm. and to listen to, like, one artist and to sort of catch the, the flow of an album and all. And I've really started to appreciate a lot more music. So, yeah, I've been listening to, yeah, I've listened to a bit of 1975. I've listened to a lot of um, Frightened Rabbit as well. Um not all PG music, no, I have to admit there. Uh, and recently, actually, really over the last couple of weeks, I've listened a lot to Manchester Orchestra. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're somewhat similar to, um, there's connections there with uh, Frabbits, and they are phenomenal. Yeah, they I, are. I sort of, I'd sort of heard of them and sort of listened to them, but yeah, I'm, mm. I'm really liking them. So that really like goes to uh, a much of a big improvement from, uh, you know, Bass Hunter, Cascada. <laughs> but I will give one shout out, you know, because I do like, you know, because I'm the most, you know, fly person at CE. Um, <laughs> I do listen to a lot of like rap and hip hop and there was a new album out by a guy called Gavi and I've had it on repeat for a while as well. So okay. let's be honest, no one's going to listen to that, but I just thought I would 
be honest and say. Fair enough. <laughs> what about you? What have you been listening to? Um, at the at the urging of one of my friends, I've been listening to Bonnie Ver. I've never really listened to him um, or them or I think it's a them. It's a band, isn't it? Yeah, I know it's a guy. Well, it's a guy in a band. Um, so I never really listened to Bonnie Ver much before. Um, and I was a bit reluctant to because, like, you know, all the cool kids like him. So I sort of thought he'll be crap, but he's actually. <laughs> flipping brilliant um well at least the first two albums the first two albums and there's an ep in there really good second two albums not not as great but um yeah really good stuff in there um also like ruth and i've been listening to a lot of just really just old favorites so elijah at the minute if you don't know my son elijah is deaf he's got cochlear implants so these help him hear and process sounds so he's starting to respond to music so we're trying to listen to just you know banger after banger at the minute so a lot of september on there a lot of john mayer banging out um ruth's been playing a lot of unwritten by natasha benningfield um yes and you know what you know what it's a tune it's a tune yeah. so that's that, those are my current jams at the minute and the big man elijah seems to like them as well so that's that's the most important thing um that is the most important thing henry cookies or donuts Cookies. <laughs> cookies. I'm gonna say donuts because I made donuts today and they turned out really well. I made donuts a few weeks ago and they were so bad I almost cried. I genuinely almost cried. It was a like just plain donuts or like filled like, like with. So it got ones filled with Nutella and then some filled with jam. So how do you make? How... Yeah, a... yeah. I'm not gonna go through the rest. I'm not Mary Berry. You can look it up. Okay, um, right. I'm not gonna do it. Like no chance. Uh, 99p cheeseburger. Or chicken mayo. Honestly, like neither, but because they're just an absolute oh, disgusting. But I had if I had to, I've never had a, a burger from McDonald's ever. What? I've never had a burger ever in my entire life. <laughs> like I've had like I've had like a, a chicken sandwich, but like that's, that's a burger. Meat. Yeah, I've had the chicken burger. I haven't had their like mystery meat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I've never ever had it. I've never had like a Big Mac. I've never had a 99p cheeseburger. It just honestly looks revolting. And like honestly, some of the, the chicken, if anybody knows me actually, the last wee while I've been actually getting like the vegetarian options in McDonald's, which are slightly, I think I think the vegetables are real. Um, next week, uh, Henry will no longer be on the CE podcast because I am unfriending him. Um, the cheeseburgers from McDonald's are unreal. Like, I don't care if they're mystery meat; they are um just delicious. Those pickles. Maybe they, I, I'm not saying they're not. I I actually am the wrong person to ask because I've never had one. So I, I just envision that I am going to get absolutely torn to shreds whenever this goes live so henry you're making me question everything um which brings us on to today's topic of doubt um <laughs> i'm getting good at this um yeah you are i've got a question that came in i think it's a really good question i think it's definitely worth our time and our thoughts um the question is this is it okay to doubt um and then the second part of the question is how do you deal practically with doubt is it okay to doubt how do you deal with this practically henry what would you say yeah, well, I suppose the first thing you need to actually figure out is what do you, what do you mean by by doubt? Mm. Um, I suppose we would like to think that there's sort of two ways to the doubt. I suppose initially, once you hear doubt, you think very 
a negative and you think very oh that's that's not a not a good thing and like sort of the idea of a christian and doubt you know it's you know it's it's a contradiction you know they can't you know they can't be together it's really one or the other like it's either you're a christian and you don't have any doubts or you you, you you're not a christian and you have lots and lots of doubts um but you know as we'll sort of chat through you'll see quite clearly that there's you know a, a mixture there's a, a, a bit of a an array of of ways that we um can actually wrestle with things and you know think things through and not know the answer to everything but still remain faithful still remain Christian uh, so I suppose we want to start off by sort of in a sense not so much like definition but just realizing that you know there's probably I would say there's uh, two different types of, of ways that we we can doubt there can be just sort of a, sort of a phrase on it there's 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 hopeless doubt and there's there's hopeful doubt so like there's the hopeless doubt that you know is is kind of you know, uh, pointing the finger, and it's 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 in somewhat vindictive, and it verges on unbelief on, on that we, you know, we can't see that this can make the faith and doubt can sort of coexist. But then there's like hopeful doubt, where you know we might not know everything, and we might have questions, but yet there's still a reliance and a faith in God. So that's how. And, I would and, and sometimes I think if we're honest, the two mix, don't they? I mean, like sometimes. Mm. Well, I know from my personal experience, you know, you have questions, you're angry, you have faith, but you're angry, you don't know what to do with that anger, you don't really know what to do with your questions, and all the while you still believe, but you don't know how to, how to feel, I think. Yeah, as you say, it's not really black and white, and when we say doubt, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean just one thing either. Yeah, and like as I mentioned, the word is sometimes unhelpful. Um, in regards to once we think of that doubt, you know, um, I suppose, I suppose one thing I would say before we sort of look at maybe a few sort of examples in in the Bible is for those who maybe do have doubts um, and maybe are wrestling with the big things in in life, we want to say those things can and in one sense should coexist with with our faith, um, and I suppose. One of the things that someone sort of posed to me a while ago, which has made me, has helped me think about these things, because obviously I, I know people who have, you know, who are who have doubts and, you know, will not um, will not confess um, to be Christians. Uh, and then there's people who were Christians and then they have these doubts, big questions, you know, the big classic ones of science and suffering and if God's good, X, Y, and Z, why is he allowed this? So they're like, oh, I doubt his goodness, I doubt his existence. So obviously I'm not going to believe. Um, but we want to we want to encourage those folk um, to really just look at other realms of life and how irrational that is to take that approach. You know, to take that approach. You know, like I, you know, for the world of sport. You know, I play play football. If I doubt my ability, that doesn't mean I just stop playing football and say, right, well, that's me and football done. I'm out of here. Do you know what? Like, football, no, that's it. No, not getting that. I doubt, you know, I doubt, I doubt my team. You know, I doubt my manager. You know, I doubt my own personal ability. Like, that's just insane. You know, if you did that in your job or in your, in your school, like, in, like, oh, I doubt I'm going to do well in this exam. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to, I'm going to just really, really believe that that exam 
doesn't exist, so I can ignore it like this. But people, for some reason, think, oh, well, I have this, you know, and it could be a justifiable reason regarding, you know, the existence, maybe want more evidence of God or questioning his character. And it seems to be this mammoth jump Mm. from this to, oh, I don't believe. Yet, if we were to, like, you know, parallel that into any other situation in in life, you'd be like, that is, like, genuinely crazy. Yeah. And you compare that to the guy that Jesus comes across in Mark 9, who says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Um, He doesn't say, you know, I've got unbelief saw this he says lord i believe he acknowledges that there's belief there but he also acknowledges that there's doubt and questions help my own belief um so you you said you've got some examples from scripture um do you want yeah, to up with yeah. those I'll, I'll, I'll give two and then you can you know, jump in with whatever i suppose really famous one i suppose a lot of people would go to is is job um i'm not going to go there but a lot of people talk about job and sort of like the life he had which was yeah a lot and um, went on there but yet how you know in spite of his like just intense suffering and even like you know, terrible influences around him with his friends and his, his wife. He still remains faithful. But I'm going to go to, yeah, stay in the Old Testament, Psalm, Psalm 13. And you find a lot of us with the Psalms, you know, especially with David, where, you know, you'll read like the first, like, you know, the, the opening, the introduction, and you'll be like, is this guy, is this guy, like, does he, is he a Christian? Like, mm. Well, obviously he wasn't a Christian then, but like, does he believe in God? Like, it sounds, like, really negative. It's, like, almost like how I was explaining, like, pointing the finger. And, you know, for, uh, Psalm 13 is quite a pretty pretty good example of this, where, like, David starts off with, and he just goes, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted um, over me? And it's like, right, that guy really has some serious um, issues with God. Yet, you know, that Psalm 13 is one of the shortest. Yet literally three verses later, he says, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountiful with me. And you're just like, whoa, 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 is this guy like bipolar? What's going on here? Like, how does he start, like, you know, pointing the finger, like somewhat aggressively and then ends? And I suppose he gives us the example of what I was sharing about, like, hopeful doubt. You know, he had questions, particularly about regarding his, his, you know, prayer. Like, is God hearing me? And, you know, the how his enemies are reigning over him. Yet he still has faith in God. He still knows. He looks back at, like, how God had been good to him in his life and, like, how he had been faithful. Mm. And that, like, that comforts him. And he knows just because of one sort of instance in his life, that doesn't eradicate all the blessings and the goodness and the truth um, beforehand. And and the other example, that's probably a well-known example. Another example is from a, a prophet, Habakkuk, um, which is really a really short you know, minor prophet, just three chapters. And, you know, Habakkuk had the same time with Jeremiah and had to like, prophesy, had the, the joyous task of prophesying to God's people regarding the destruction of Jerusalem and uh, the the captivity that uh, awaited them from the Babylonians, i.e., their their enemies who were going to utterly, utterly crush them. And like he starts off, and actually, if you in, in my Bible, it starts off Habakkuk's complaint is the title, and he just basically has a basically has a go. 
at God and said, why are you allowing this to happen? Why are you silent? Why aren't you doing anything? And God answers him. And then he goes again and he just has this another complaint. And then, you know, by the end of it, he's like, do you know what? I'm going to stand. I'm going to wait. I'm going to see how things pan out. And right at the end, beautiful words right there in Habakkuk chapter three, he says, um, yet I rejoice in the Lord. I'll take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on the high places. And it's similar to David in that, like, it starts off with, like, why, God, why are you doing this? Like, questioning and bringing his questions to God. And then there's, like, this process. And then it comes, it, it's all done in faith. Mm. And we, we, we see the, the end result, which is actually praise to God. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good stuff. I think, yeah, I think I think that's a huge thing. Um, you know, I think in terms of dealing with doubt practically i think there's two things that are really good to do and the first one is basically what you've said look look at scripture and i, I think when you read the bible and that, that seems like a really i don't know either a do george answer or a real sunday school answer you know what do you do when you doubt you read the bible um that mightn't seem like the most helpful answer but if you look at the old testament you know, a lot of that, like old testament narrative it tells us that our biggest problem then when it comes to doubt is that we forget we forget who god is we forget who we are um, I think that's really helpful. And then the Psalms, as you've hit, um, the Psalms give voice to our questions, to our problems, and to our doubt. You know, you read some of those Psalms. You read like Psalm thirteen, and Psalm thirteen is God's word, and we're encouraged to you know read the Psalms as our own prayers or sing the Psalms as our own songs. And you read some of the Psalms, and you, you think, "Flip, am I allowed to say that?" You know, <laughs> is that is that okay? Because I feel that, but I don't, didn't didn't know I was actually allowed to tell God that. Um, I think when you look at the Psalms, I think that's really helpful. You know, it gives voices to the questions that are in our hearts. It gives words to the emotions that we don't really know how to articulate. Um, and, and it helps us voice our doubts before God. As well yeah. as then, as you've shown us, Psalm 13, you know, it has a complaint, it has a question, it has a, a fear or whatever it is, and then it resolves itself. Now, David in that situation probably wasn't all rosy after he wrote that psalm he probably still had that fear and that worry but he had it alongside knowing that God's good Uh, and I think if you go to the New Testament and you look at Jesus I think that shows us a lot about you know whether it's doubts about the existence of God whether it's doubts about um, the validity of Christianity whether it's doubts about you know does god love me could god love me i think you look at jesus and you just see surprise after surprise you know we said before in this podcast if you read through a gospel out loud you're reminded of stuff or you you see things in a new light um jesus does and says surprising things time after time and if you compare the New Testament, if you compare Jesus to any other sort of world religion, every other world religion says, you know, there's a problem, right? And you've got to earn your way to have favor with God. You gotta do this, you gotta say that, you gotta work really hard, you gotta whatever it is, you've got to please God. And then you look at Jesus, and Jesus says, Here's a problem with the world, and I've taken care of it. So trust in me. Come to me. Have you got questions? That's okay. Come on in. Have you got worries? Sure, of course you do. I can take care of them. Um, and you look at Jesus and you think, wow. Um, 
that, that doesn't mean you know you're gonna know everything that doesn't know that, that doesn't mean you're gonna have zero questions you know uh, one of the most helpful things said to me by one of my friends is that even Christians go in and out of unbelief every single day. That's why we sin. Um, I know I have questions every single day. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, I'm going to, on the verge of giving up my faith, but I do have questions. Um, but you look to Jesus and you know that those questions, I can have them while I have, as you say, hope. Um, yeah. I think the second thing, apart from, you know, reading scripture, which is obviously a huge one, is listening to stories, listening to people tell their stories about the impact that God has made on their life. Um, You know, you listen to stories of lives that have been changed. You listen to stories of uh, people that have found forgiveness, uh, people that have maybe found the ability to forgive others who have really hurt them because of Jesus. Uh, They're now able to forgive um, if you listen to people's stories, people's you know testimonies, use that Christian word, um, you know, tell my story nights at CE, you, you listen to people talk about the impact Jesus has made. Um, I think that's huge. I think those sorts of things make me love God, and trust God, and believe in God that little bit more, I think. Yeah. I suppose we want to encourage folk to think about what they actually do and in regards to the practicalities of their response to to their doubts and i suppose this i i alluded to this but one of the things that we we must do and it's been exampled with you know the two examples i've given and also with what um, you've said scott with, with jesus like god invites our questions and our wrestlings and our, our doubts if we want to say that um, he doesn't not want to hear that and so often we have to admit that we take our doubts and we sort of you know just bury them within ourselves yeah and we do not do anything you know we're supposed to in those moments run to god mm-hmm. you know the the easy and you know i don't you know almost like the selfish and sort of the wrong thing ultimately to do is just to bury them within ourselves and not come to come to God and not to run to him, you know, lay this upon him. You made, you made reference to world religions, you know, like that would be scandalous. You know, all those like sort of false gods, gods out there for like, you know, the words that we have quoted, you know, from, from Habakkuk and from, from David, you know, if they were attributed and directed to the false people would be shocked. How dare you? That's how, beautiful and gracious our god is Mm -hmm. you know we're not robots you know people talk about god being cold and distant and i just read the i read scripture and i'm like that doesn't seem someone who's cold and distant that is allowing that type of questioning you know that's what god wants we're in you know not to sort of make it so like personal and bring god right down to our level but he allows us to have that type of relationship with him that he you know wants us you know, to be honest with him, it's not always going to be, you know, sunshine and, you know, cherry on the top. It's going to be difficult. And we need to realize that we need, there will be times in our lives when we need to do this. We need to run to God if there's a genuine concern or, or question. And the, 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 the thought in our head that, oh, I need to just sort of put on a brave face and just have more faith is actually really a lack of faith, which is, kind of ironic in a sure. sense yeah 
but we need to actually in those moments run to God and if someone whoever uh, is listening to this and you do have doubts and maybe you're Christian with doubts maybe you're a non-Christian and doubts are keeping you from God well that's probably the first thing I would say to you you know what have you done with those doubts have you just kept them within yourself or have you prayed have you searched scripture have you actually asked someone to talk about it and I'd say probably for maybe some of the people listening they've, they've kept quiet and they they haven't really done a whole pile with with it yeah like we've talked before about suffering and about how we've been able to see major growth take place in our lives during suffering i think the same's true for doubts isn't it well i guess doubting is a as a form of suffering and like i look at my life and the times where i have gone to god and said what on earth are you doing here i don't understand i, I can't comprehend this why me all that i think when i am honest with god about how i feel um when i go to him and i tell him what's on my heart uh, that's that's the time where i find most help that's as you say when you run to jesus he takes you in he bears your burdens he helps you um we have a god who wants to hear that um and i know for me when i go to god and i i tell him how i'm feeling um when i ask those questions when i express my doubts um that's when i find the most help and that's when i grow the most um and I wish I did that more often, you know, <laughs> I look at situations I find myself in with, you know, huge big worries and stress and anxiety or whatever it is, you know, about um, life, about family, about future. Um, and I can get myself into a real model because I have those doubts and questions and I keep them to myself. And I compare that mm. to the times where I run to God and tell him. And the difference is just astonishing. You know, we have a God who wants us to run to him and express our doubts um and he promises to help us i think that's class yeah one of the things i would like to say i know it sounds a contradiction but like a a little bit of doubt can be actually very um in a sense good for us in that it sort of edifies us and you know there's a great reminder with all these you know if we didn't have these sort of doubts in our head you know we would have the mind of God. Sure. You know, and I think people need to sort of think of it in that perspective. If there was just, if we were able to answer every single question, or we were able to give, you know, just evidence for every single thing, question, doubt, be able to eradicate it, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, there would be no point in us having faith in God because we would actually be God. But, you know, spoiler alert, we're not. And that's the, one of the good reminders of, you know, doubting and having questions is that we are not God. And it's the reality that we, you know, need um, to spend time in his word. It reminds us that we're not the, the finished product or our, 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 our article and that we need to, to run to him and it's where we you know actually this is this is one of those things that just really hits home with me time and time again you know you know we're called to have faith you know have faith have faith you know christians will have talk about people talk about all christians having faith and all and there's a lot of reasons why we have to have faith and that's one of the reasons obviously because we're not god so we have to have faith in god but I just think it's so beautiful that God has created a way for us to believe in him that isn't based 
on our intellectual ability. Mm. And I think for so many folk, you know, and like for me as as a youth worker, we're, we're, we're working with, with young people who have learning difficulties and just, just don't have the, the capacity to, to grasp things to, than other people. Yet I see some of them who have faith in God, yet, you know, you read stories of some of the smartest, most influential, richest people in the world who seem to know it all and have it all. And they're unhappy and there's no faith and, this is just beautiful. If the, if Christianity is not some sort of A-level and exam test, then we need to just know everything and then we pass and then we become a Christian. That's not how God has, has created things. Now that doesn't, you know, negate that we don't want to grow in knowledge and, and learn more about him and, you know, try to find answers to our questions. But, you know, if, if, if the end goal is for us to find answers to everything, well, you know, let me disappoint you now. You're not going to find answers to everything. And pe- there's there's the call to have faith in, yeah. in, our, in our lives. Mm-hmm. And you know, people might just be, well, that's fair enough. I I don't I don't have time. Again, I go back. I harken back. You don't do that in the rest of your life. You do not get answers for everything in every sphere of your life. Mm-hmm. So why do you do it with Christianity? So. Yeah. Well, hopefully you found this helpful, this discussion on doubt, you know, dealing with questions in life. Um, Henry, speaking of the questions, uh, Gilly Carson or John Finley? In what? Boxing or what? What's the context here? There was no context given to that question from Olivia, so you can treat it how you want to. Okay, I'll just go Gilly. Is that the safe? That's the safe bet, isn't it? That's like the safe answer. Well, I'm going to take the context and make the context my own and say it's a fight. So I think John would have him. Um, William, yes. William Lamb or Andrew Murcroft? I don't think this is a fight. This is just general. Who would you pick? Um, can I, I need to pick my own context so I, I don't get berated. I'm going to go with, with uh, my. Uh, Amount of times I've been to Philadelphia, and that is William Lamb. William Lamb, fair enough. Yeah, I would. I would. I'd pick neither. I'd. Uh, I'd request a. Sorry, option. can I? I'll go with neither as well. Sorry, I didn't know that was on. <laughs> I just decided. And Anna or Olivia? I think that's a pretty narcissistic question from Olivia, to be honest. So, <laughs> so I'm going to say Anna. Um, also, yeah. Anna's- Anna's related, so uh, if yeah, if 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 Olivia asked that, I'll go yeah. with Anna. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, hopefully, uh, it's been quite helpful. Um, doubt, not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, we all have doubt and how to deal with it. Um, run to Jesus. Um, if you got any questions about that, feel free to get in contact with us or get in contact with someone who's <laughs> a lot uh, better equipped to help you with that. Um, but again, keep your questions coming in. Um, we really do appreciate them. And uh, until next time, from me, Scott McMenemy, and from Henry Copper, see you next time. Bye. Bye.